My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. It's all right. Well, welcome to Our Sunday School. Uh, today is week five of Second Peter. So if you've got your Bibles, open up to Second Peter. And we'll read down from uh, verse 1 of chapter 1 all the way through the end of verse 3 in chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 is our text for today. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and is forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. So the first question that we usually ask each week is, are there any literary or structural observations? And you 
You may actually have heard this one in the text today. Uh, we Bible teachers right now, and I, I think it's a trend in Christianity. I think it is. Uh, we love to knock chapter breaks. Like that was a really bad chapter break. This was a really bad chapter. That was a bad verse. Like, like, and I do it. Uh, this is a really good one. Um, this is a shockingly good one uh, because we have transitioned from the you and you and us and we uh, to the them and they. Uh, and Peter is shifting today. So, so first his audience shifts to the they and the them, right? We have a different audience that he is talking about. Uh, and the second, I, I hope you heard it, but he, he shifts his tense as well. It shifts to the future. Uh, and, and Peter uses the future indicative here. And this is the, I'm walk through both these terms. The future means it happens in the future. The indicative is a statement of fact from the perspective of the person writing. So if I say, uh, Jessica, your phone uh, has parts of it that are pink. Like, I believe that to be true. Now, if we went to Sherwin-Williams and held up your phone, that they would probably say that is not, like, flawlessly pink. There's probably another like shade or, right? Right. From my perspective, because I know like eight colors, that is pink. And that's good, right? This is from my perspective. And, um, and that's the indicative. It's just a statement of fact on the, from the perspective of the, uh, the writer or the speaker. And, and Paul uses the future indicative, which is Paul's way of saying something will happen. It's not a, this might happen, or I hope that this happened, or I wish this happened, or I... There's a remote possibility He's saying this will happen. And it happens actually uh, five times. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of the five I wills of uh, Satan in uh, Isaiah. Uh, but these are, these are really good ones. These are about judgment of those folks that are impacted by the uh, wills of Satan. Uh, but Peter's making these factual statements about the future. Uh, and it's regularly translated the word will, W-I-L-L in English. So if we look at the next question there, what are the most repeated words in 2 Peter? Uh, I'm going to ask you this each week, uh, so the blanks are going to stay the same each week. Uh, the first blank there is the word will. It shows up 21 times, and this is where he's saying something is going to occur in the future. He, he talks a lot with uh, great certainty about the future. Uh, and then the word know, K-N-O-W, uh, for the second blank there. A lot of knowledge, a lot of knowing, uh, uh, this concept of understanding what's going on. Um, and, and I'm actually going to come back to the repeated words in this text at the end of the lesson. And I'm going to give you an example of what Peter is talking about. So we'll, we'll hold on to that for a moment and then we'll come back. So chapter 2, verse 1, says, But there were also false prophets. Now I, I, put the, I put the Greek word in here just because I wanted you to see how really easy this was to translate into English. Right? Like it's, it's pseudo-prophets. Now, you pronounce it differently in Greek, but in, in English, it's like it's pseudo-prophets. And it's the idea of uh, a spurious or a pretend. Uh, your, your blank there is a religious imposter. Um, Jesus actually talked about these folks, um, and he, he, used a, he used a very specific phrase. What was his phrase? Anybody remember? Yeah, there's going to be false teachers that are going to come, and they're going to be wolves in sheep's clothing. And the, the verse that Jesus uses this Greek word in is where the wolves in sheep's clothing are. And I, I really, I, so 
So there's an obnoxious amount of really bad art where people try to put uh, wolves in sheep's clothing on Google Images. I really like this one because you, you kind of have to do a double take. And, and some of you in the back may actually struggle with like, it looked like sheep. I don't know. Maybe. maybe not. Can you see the wolf, Carrie? Awesome. Good. Uh, Dave, great job on picking out a projector. Uh, you installed it well. So. Um, so how many of them are there? There's three. And, and they're where? They're in the front. Yeah. And that's why I like this picture. Because that's where the wolves are. Because wolves are not satisfied to be in the back. And it's very interesting. So we're going to, I'll leave this up here for a minute. And we'll talk about uh, these, uh, these people. So he, he's saying in, in verse one, he says, he says, but there were, so past tense, false prophets, right? So there were false prophets. So if we look through the Old Testament, do we see any evidence of any false prophet anywhere? Yes, right? Okay. So what was the punishment? For, now, you should all get this right, because Gary uh, rehearses this with us about once a quarter. What was the punishment for being wrong in a prophecy? Death. Death. By stoning. Yes, it was not pleasant. This was brutal and violent and bloody, and it was just, just ugly, right? You, you did not want to stand up and say, God has said when God did not actually tell you this. This is bad. This is very, very dangerous. So Peter's reminding them they were false prophets among the people, among you know, God's people, they were, they were out there. Even as there will be, the future indicative, this, there will be false teachers. Now, th- th- did I put this word in your... Uh, I did? Great. Uh, didaskalos. Uh, suo didaskalos. The, the, uh, this is the, the Greek word for teachers. Um, and it, it, this word literally means a, propaga- a propagator of erroneous Christian doctrine. So anybody who teaches something that is not good Christian doctrine... So this is a, a propagator. I propagate uh, erroneous Christian doctrine. Now, when we define false teachers that way, do you think that widens the net or narrows the net? I think it widens the net from my perspective. Uh, which, every time I study teaching in the Bible, I, I get uh, more and more uh, conservative in the way that I approach it. Uh, because I do not want in any way, shape, or form to be in this category. do not want to be a propagator of erroneous Christian doctrine. And I am convinced that there is only one way to be sure that you are not, and we'll talk about that in the personalization part. But there will be, he's saying there will be false teachers among you. Now, a couple things I want you to notice about this word for teachers. Uh, is this one person? No. How, how do you know? There's an S, right? Right, uh, which you have probably heard anything that God designs, Satan tries to duplicate and copycat. So what did God design for the leadership of the church? Elders, plural. Every time it shows up in the New Testament, it's plural. Remember, we, we looked at this and we went through, I know you remember everything that I taught you about Grudem's systematic theology, but this is one of my big aha, oh wow, like every time elder shows up in the New Testament, it's plural. That's crazy. Hmm. All right, and what does what does Satan do? He sends out multiple false teachers, right? And where will they be? Among you. So just sit on that for just a second. 
And who's the you there? That's us now, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was a great answer, Doug. That was a the bad. That's good. <laughs> I thought you burped at, at first. I wasn't sure. So. <laughs> that was a sheep. Oh, your own wife is calling you out. <laughs> oh. Oh, I was, I was just pausing to give you time because I knew there was like five that you were sorting through. So we had to get you to one. So there's going to be false teachers among you. Um, which, again, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to take the position that this should get our attention, but this should also build confidence in God's word when we see this being true. Right? This is something that God has declared and it is coming true. Yea, verily, this is... This is his fulfilled uh, prediction about the future. And what are they going to do? They're going to secretly bring in destructive uh, apalia, uh, ruinous. This is uh, damnable. This is uh, waste uh, heresies. And I, I had never really studied this word in uh, Greek before, but uh, virtually every single time the word heresy shows up in the New Testament, it is, it is translated S-E-C-T, sect. Now, I'm a redneck, and it sounds like I'm saying something else. That's why I spelled it. S-E-C-T, a sect. Um, and the idea here is that, that we're, we're going we're gonna to get a group, and we're going to go believe this. And we're going to get a group, and we're going to go believe this. And we're going to get a group, and we're going to go believe this. And we're going to get a group, and we're going to go believe... And it's, it's peeling off from what is solid Christian doctrine, which is scary, Right? Um, the, the word is actually used most often in the New Testament when describing the Pharisees. Uh, it'll, it'll talk about the sect of the Pharisees. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah that little group that, that you know, believed this particular way. And what he's describing there is a group of people that got together to believe consistently in a way that is not consistent with what the Bible teaches. I'm sorry, I can't hear you at all. Oh, we're going to get to that in a minute. Don't worry. P Peter doesn't... Um, well, he, he gives, he gives um, characteristics of them. Um, but the definition for false teacher is quite broad. And then he says, and they're going to look like this, and they're going to look like this, and they're going to look like this, which is very helpful. Because if you just left it broad and didn't give us any behavioral characteristics, that, that's a little harder to pick them out. But he actually tells us exactly what they're going to do, which is terrifying. Because it doesn't take long, as you just observe, to look around and go, oh, I see evidence of that right there. Like, and it's really obvious. Like, really, really obvious. So... <clears throat> I I think I might know where you're going. So I want to I want to try to answer this one first. So, who indwells the believer? The Spirit. Will the Spirit allow the believer to remain in sin or to observe sin without doing something in the heart of the believer? That's what the Spirit does. It's just what He does, right? Oh, 
oh yeah, we can, we can sear that and sear that and sear that and sear that and not listen and not listen and quench and quench and quench, but it doesn't mean he stopped, right? I don't see anywhere in the New Testament where uh, someone is a believer and then the Holy Spirit leaves and stops speaking and stops convicting and stops pulling and drawing. And there's just... Now, the, you, you might die, <laughs> right? The, the discipline might come to the point of like, well, we, gotta, we have to stop you. Um, but let's right and we haven't right yes yep all sorts of stuff yeah I, I heard a fantastic definition for uh, discernment the other day it's a couple months ago uh, I said most people think that discernment is the ability to know right from wrong right Heard this before? Discernment's the ability to know right from almost right. And and I think that is the, the space that we are in here. And and I'm I'm tipping my hand to what I think the answer is, uh, but we'll get there in a second. Let's let's go back and, and look here for just a second. So false prophets among the people, even as there will be future indicative false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive sex. See, I can't say it without sorry. I'm going to have to go back and edit this podcast like nobody's business. It's going to be awful. Uh, destructive, let me say it this way, destructive divisions. Destructive smaller groups that believe incorrect things. Even, and, and now we're, now we're going to take it to its, its, its farthest extent, or its nth degree, even denying, and this is a present uh, participle, so this is repeatedly denying, or contradicting. My, my favorite word in the definition is disavow. Makes me think of the mission impossible, right? If you, if you fail, then what's, guess what? We disavow any knowledge of you. Um, sorry, Darla. It's, just, it's okay. Right, yes. Uh, but what they're saying is they're going to deny what? Who? The Lord. And you're like, well, well you know, like, who is this talking about? Well, it's the Lord who bought them. Um, so w- which member of the Godhead bought us with his action? This is Jesus, right? So this is denying Jesus himself. So if you have a human being that is denying Jesus, which camp are we in? Are we in the Christian camp or are we in the non-Christian camp? And yet, the Lord bought them. So, this is going to be one we'll, we'll touch it. So, Darla, I haven't forgotten. We're coming back to it. I know you think I have. I didn't say it'd be next week. I said it'd be like a few weeks. <laughs> That's okay. So, we're going we're gonna to wrestle with this one for a few weeks, and we'll come back and look at how this is not a contradiction. Um, even denying the Lord who bought them, uh, and bring, and this is present participle, so repeatedly bring on themselves swift destruction. And this destruction is the same word from uh, up earlier in uh, verse 1. And many, polys, your blank here is uh, common. This is much. This is a large number. This is abundant. 
Um, many will follow their destructive ways. So it will be common for people to follow them. So when you look around and you go, why are so many people swept up in this? Well, because we're stupid and sheep. And like it's, I would love for the answer to be this really complex, uh, intellectual, challenging, and it's really not. It's just that I'm stupid. Um, and I don't abide in Christ and trust his word and know his word to know that what is destructive and what is not. So, and many will follow their destructive ways because of whom, uh, the, the because of here is the word dia. So it's through whom uh, the way or the road uh, of truth. So this is this idea of salvation. Jesus talked about there is a way of truth uh, will be blasphemed, will be spoken evil of. So they will speak evil of salvation. And salvation, as Jesus taught, was uh, by grace through faith. So if you are saying salvation is no longer by grace through faith, then you are saying it is some form of works. So how would you work? It's interesting, verse 3. By covetousness. Now, Jen, we're about to answer that question. <laughs> All right? By covetousness. Because they desire money. Now remember, so before we go, keep going. Second Peter is very similar to what other New Testament book? Remember? Jude, right? Was there any example in Jude of a covetous person? Oh, yeah, Balaam, right? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar language here. So by covetousness, they will exploit. This to me is the scariest word in the whole thing. So this is a future indicative. It's another will to travel in a country as a peddler. This is not somebody who is in their own country. This is somebody who's traveling. So by implication, to trade, to buy, and to sell, to make merchandise. So what will they do? They will... They will make merchandise of you. Now, in the process of making merchandise, there's an exchange of what? Money. Right. And you know why? Because they are covetous. They are fueled by greed. And it's sad, right? I mean, that... That we can get distracted with, like, ooh, that's shiny stuff. I want that stuff. You know, and Amazon has perfected this. It is shocking. Like, it is, I'm, I am thankful they do not send me emails on a daily basis. Here's what we've selected for you today. Like, I have to go to their website to find out what they think is great for me. And I love it every single time. It's incredible. <laughs> I am easily exploited. That's right. Which is sad. So by covetousness, did you just bag in? <laughs> they will exploit you with deceptive or molded or fictitious or feigned words. And then there's a little semicolon. And it's almost as if the Holy Spirit, you know, in this revealing and communicating and communicating and moving and moving process to tell Peter what to write. There's a breath there. 
He says, for a long time, their judgment, their crema, this is the word that we looked at in Romans over and over and over, this judgment has not been idle. And it's present tense. It's not a past tense. It, I almost would prefer it to say is not idle. And their destruction, their apalia, same word again, does not slumber. And the word there is to nod as if you're going to take a nap. So, so when, we, when we look at verse 1 and the, this kind of death, don't, don't quit on me. When we look at verse 1 and we see this definition of this is what the false prophets and the false teachers are. This is how far this might go, even to deny the Lord Jesus Christ themselves. They're repeatedly denying. They're repeatedly bringing on themselves swift destruction. And verse 2, the, the vastness of the number of people that will follow. And uh, verse 3, the, the specific way in which they're going to do this through covetousness. They're going to exploit. Uh, they're going to make merchandise of us with these deceiving words. And yet... Their judgment is not idle and their destruction does not slumber. God is not asleep. He is not overlooking. He is not taking a nap while this activity is going on. Um, one of the prophets in the Old Testament was mocking another god. Uh, it sounds like an Elijah thing. Was it Elijah? Yeah? Okay. Um, <clears throat> I have a feeling I would have really liked him. I think our levels of sarcasm would have meshed well. Um, it's probably a little more rough and outdoorsy than I am, but I think, I think from a conversational perspective, we would have enjoyed each other's company. Um, but I... <laughs> yeah, this is, I have to have high-speed uh, internet and air conditioning, otherwise I'm not attending. So if, if, you, if you're going to invite me to something, just, if those two don't match, then just, just pass on the invite. I'm not interested. Uh, but it's almost as if... Uh, Peter is, by sarcastic you know, way of speaking, just, hey guys, just make sure you understand God's not asleep at the wheel here. This is not something that he has forgotten about. All right, so let's look at some application. Uh, and, and these are really basic. Uh, but number one, false teachers will be present with us. Like This is a known, this is a known quantity. They're going to be here. All right. Now, let me ask you a question before we go to the personalized. What, was there any approach that was listed that the false teacher, teachers took? Like, what was their specific approach to make merchandise of the people? They, so covetousness drove them to make merchandise, but what was their actual activity with the people of God? Deceptive words. That's exactly right. Now, uh, I don't know how to answer, ask this question without it being like a triple negative. Um, where are deceptive words not found? Okay, so, so hang tight with me for just a second. If we know this, can, I, can we then use this to combat them and they and their destructive and deceptive words. Now, here's the tricky part. We got to know it really, really well. This is not a, oh yeah, I've read the Bible once. Like, well, not the whole thing, but like parts. Well, I'm, well, I'm in the weekends. Well, I mean, Sunday mornings once a month. Well, 
like three times a year-ish. A few, times, a few years in my life, right? No, 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 no. The, the, a ca- Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I saw it on Facebook. So, um, um, th- These guys look a lot like us. And I actually think this is, this is too obvious of a picture. Right? Yes, it is. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, we, did a, we did a Bible study. I was in a small group several years ago. Um, and we did a Bible study. And it was on uh, the, the uh, counterfeit Gospels. It was the idea of it. And the, the beginning of the Bible study, we spent a tremendous amount of time. And I, I kept thinking as we were going through, why are we spending all of this time studying our Gospel? I want to get to what all these false Gospels are so I can see them and understand and respond. And the reality was... We get to the very end of the study, and the guy goes, oh, just in case you're wondering why we spent so much time, I've borrowed the training of the United States Secret Service. And I said, "What? the what? He said, the Secret Service. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, I, I don't want to shoot the president. That's just, like, what, what is, he said, no, 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 no. They do protective, but they also do treasury, right? They do counterfeit work. And the way they train a Secret Service agent that is focused on counterfeiting is they spend weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months studying a real bill until they know it flawlessly. And then any deviation to what they have firmly committed, to what they firmly hold on to, what they firmly know, just jumps off the page, literally. And you go, oh, well, this is fake. This is absolutely fake because it doesn't have this or it has this or it So, what can we do, personalized number one, because false teachers will be present with us, I would say unify around truth. Know this and know it well. And and not just, well, I think I know it, but Doug, I need your help in this. I need you to keep making those goofy faces at me when I teach. When I say something and I go, whoop, hang on. Did I get, I may have, I may have taken a word too far here. Right? Uh, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is, right? Uh, but, but I need us to make sure that we are still very unified around this. That this is true. And that my opinion or your opinion is irrelevant. And I really just don't care. Um, I had somebody uh, talk to me this week about, uh, well, what do you believe that the, about uh, this topic? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't really care. And, and he said, well, you, you should care. I said, well, why should I care? He said, well, the Bible talks about that. I said, the Bible does not talk about that. He's like, well, how can you make that statement? Well, I, I don't know how to answer this other than sounding really, really arrogant, but I know what it says, and it doesn't say that. It actually says the opposite of that. So if you want some biblical justification for the opposite of what the Bible says, I got nothing for you. Oh, and by the way, quit chasing that. You're about to get in all kinds of trouble. Well, I heard a preacher say one time that his opinion was this. I said, do you not understand this is how cults start? We take a little bit of the Bible, and we take a little bit of rat poison, and we do something to the gospel that is not correct. 
And somebody comes along with deceptive words who may not even understand that he is using deceptive words. Wolves sometimes don't know they're wolves. Right? I had some uh, emotional intelligence training uh, a couple months ago at work. And the most fascinating statement in the entire thing was people who don't who have low emotional intelligence don't know they have low emotional intelligence. And I thought, oh, <gasps> ooh. <laughs> it, it was this two seconds to, oh, I don't like the way that looks. Okay. Mm. But I don't like thinking. Like, I don't like thinking that somebody has deceived me with deceptive words, exploited me with deceptive words. But I guarantee you it's happened. Because there's been periods in my life where I've not dug in and focused and solely, like, this is our truth. That's it. There's not another book. There's not somebody's perspective on this. It's this. So if you hear me say anything that doesn't line up flawlessly with this, then I need you to say, where is that in the Bible? And I will go, I think it's here. Is that wrong? And that is where we can unify around truth. All right. It is very rare that I like to spend more time in the application, the personalization, than the actual text. But this one is, I think, um, incredibly uh, scary-ish. So, all right. So, false teachers will be present with us, unify around the truth. Number two, false teachers will be popular with us. Um, so, what do you think we ought to do with that? Unify around truth. So I will give you a confession. I have a tendency to chase bright and shiny things. Especially if it has an Apple logo on it. <laughs> Heaven help you if Apple ever starts teaching theology. This would be... Ugh. <laughs> so false teachers will be present with us. False teachers will be popular with us. I wanted to add, but I don't want to be cute, and I hate alliterative outlines. Uh, false teachers will be profitable with us, uh, but I did not include that as a blank. So, uh, but number three, God will not overlook sin. So when we look around and we see, oh, this is a false teacher. Oh, that's a false teacher, and we see money being raised for a not an airplane, a new airplane, right? That is false teaching. But when we see that, and what, when we see apparently no judgment from God, he is not asleep. He is not nodding off. Their destruction right now is not idle. Well, if it's not idle, what's happening? It's being built up. It's being built up. Remember in the Old Testament, we, you've heard me talk about we have a long-nosed God. This idea of the long that the, the they would describe God's anger as uh, the horse's nostril. This the horse has a very long nostril, and it, when the nostrils flare, there's a great amount of space inside the cavity of a horse's head. And this was the analogy that they would use to describe there's a lot of space for God to get angry before the anger actually comes out. And when I read verses like this, I think about the Old Testament texts that say, it's building, it's building, it's building. But we don't necessarily see that. But just because we don't see it, doesn't mean it's not true. Yes, sir. 
That's right. That's right. Yep. So uh, a, a biblical example of this might be the Pharaoh of Egypt, right? That I will not let the people go. Well, I'll let the people go. And then he comes back and he's stronger. Well, I'll let the No, 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 no. I will not. And he does this waffling and it's, it builds and it builds and it builds. And it's his responsibility, but it builds and it builds. And anytime the judgment is God letting us wallow in our own sin, right? All right, so number three, uh, under personalized, live like presence and popularity and even profitability are not evidence of righteousness. So when you see the TV preacher who has the largest church in America, and he's really, really popular, and his teeth are so white that you just don't know what to do. That does not mean righteousness. <laughs> okay? So, we, hi, my name's Jim, get really distracted with bright and shiny things. I just told you this. Let's be careful with that. And I need your help. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be whatever. I, I need your help with this. I value coming in and being able to teach to a group of people that know the Bible well enough that they can go, uh, have you thought about this? What about that? What about this? You know, let's put these things together in a way that is that is right and true uh, and honors God's word. So, Darla, yes. This is going to be a good one because you pondered on this for like 30 seconds. Yes. That's right. Right. Exactly right. Yep. Right. Yeah. It is. It's it's horrifically sad. Absolutely, it is. And this is one of the reasons that that we have these commands in the New Testament to make disciples that can make disciples. Because if you just make a disciple that knows how to show up on Sunday twice a month, this is not going to be a person that is going to be able to spot bad doctrine. This is not going to be a person that's going to be able to preserve the purity and the beauty of the gospel. This is not going to be somebody that's going to be able to stand up and go, that is wrong. Because there's no depth to their knowledge or understanding or conviction. Sorry, you got me riled up. Yes. Yes. And it didn't. Right. That's right. Up. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Matt didn't object. He's got to go to choir. So that's 
Like, <laughs> just to clarify that real quick. <laughs> um, so, so if you thought this was the sum total of what Peter has to say about this topic, you would be wrong because this was the, we are warming up the engine. Um, he has not yet revved the gas. Uh, so uh, verses 4 through 11, we are going to go farther into this space. And then there is more uh, later on. Verses uh, 12 through 17 uh, is even more in this space. And then verses 18 through uh, 22 is even more. So we're going to be here for another month or so. So if we scratch the surface, we're going to dig some more. So thank you for coming today. Uh, you're... Uh, and I apologize, though I did not update the weekly update this week. Um, I didn't get that prioritized. The, uh, but your weekly update is on the table. Uh, please pray over those. And uh, thank you that you guys care about each other and want to pray. This is a good thing. It's a very good thing that God allows us to do this and to experience this together. And it's an us thing and not a me only thing. So praise him for that today. Uh, as you uh, read through those prayer requests and pray as a table. And then after you've prayed, you are dismissed to go worship our Lord and Savior, our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.